right, hello. Thank you, Tim, for introducing me. Um, I am a senior at New Providence High School, and this fall I will be continuing my studies at the University of Delaware. And like my fellow interns, uh, one of the things we did was work with the junior high kids this year, and we were responsible for leading them on their walk with Christ in a small group that met every Thursday. And one of my favorite things to do to open our group sessions was to read the passage that had been set for us and then go back before analyzing it and talk about what was happening beforehand, because I think you can really get a lot about what it means and where it's coming from if you look at what was written before. So I'm going to be reading verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So, as you may have guessed, James was written by James. Uh, as Colin said, he's the half-brother of Jesus, so he's kind of a celebrity. Um, and he's written this about 20 years after the crucifixion, and his audience is described in the first verse of the book, where he says, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. This is vaguely referring to all Christians in general. And the verses that have already been read to us tell us that if we simply go out and do works without really believing in what we're doing, like if we go to a soup kitchen just to say to people, yeah, I went to a soup kitchen, I'm pretty cool, I help people. Like, there's no point in doing that. Verse 26 says, those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. No value. Don't even bother having a religion. The second half of verse 27 is what I'm going to focus on because it tells us to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Now, living in New Jersey alone, I think is evidence enough that we do live in a polluted world, both environmentally but also morally. One of the scandals that caught the news last year was the online dating site Ashley Madison. Their slogan was, life is short, have an affair. At first glance, it amazes me how far the world has come in the last few decades where we now have websites specifically designed to rip apart marriages. But when you go back and read what's written in the Bible, you find that this stuff has been going on for thousands of years. Early in uh, the Old Testament, it talks about the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. They were plagued with sins and unrighteous people. It was so wicked, God commanded them to be destroyed, wiped out, and start over. And temptation is the biggest part of that. And it's been in this earth ever since Adam and Eve, and it's always going to be here. But if it's unavoidable, how do we get around it? Well, the one phrase that helps, you all learned it in Sunday school, what would Jesus do? <laughs> May be designed for children, but it really is applicable. I'd like to take an example from Matthew 4, where Jesus never did anything wrong, uh, so he's pretty good. Uh, he's a good example to take from. He's been starved for 40 days, so he's at his weakest. I've never gone 40 minutes, I think, without thinking about food, and he's gone 40 days without it. So this is big. Uh, the devil comes in to test Jesus, 
And he offers him three things. Each time, it's more and more valuable earthly things. And each time, Jesus responds with scripture. One of the things I love about this church is the importance it places on God's word. In Hebrews, I'm, I'm jumping around here, uh, it says, therefore he, or Jesus, had to be made like us in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make amends for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So what that's saying is Jesus had to be made human so that way he could relate to the struggles that we have. He faced the same things that we face every single day. And he understands our struggle to try to be pure. And try as we might, it's not possible to be completely pure. But we do have plenty of weapons available in our war against sin. I like the part in Ephesians. Uh, it says the armor of God. And like a real suit of armor, you have your helmet of breastplate, pants. Um, the, I'm not sure. I don't think pants are mentioned in the armor of God. But um, they're all great for protection. But if you're in a real battle, you're never really going to win the battle if you don't have a sword. So I know. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. This was like an awesome opportunity for me to show it. Um, so in the Armor of God passage, it says the, the sword of the spirit is the scripture. This is the weapon that deals that final blow to Satan because Jesus used it. So it's got to be right. I mean, this thing has, I don't know how many thousand pages in it. And we think that we go through a lot, and we do, with uh, all the things that go on in our lives, whether they be uh, like a problem at work or a sickness in the family, whatever. We face the same problems that Jesus faced. And this scripture is so great because it's filled with so many examples of real people that went through the same things. And the scripture is just so great because when people come up to you and say to you like, oh, why, why do you read that stuff? Like, it's just the, the same stuff you find on those like uh, Facebook messages that say like, oh, hang in there and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, this is real people, especially in the New Testament where Jesus, God in human form, comes down to earth, deals with the same problems that we do and fights it off with what's written in here. And I think that is so great because we now have the tool that can finally deal away with sin and we can win the battle. Thank you. Before I leave, I uh, forgot I'm supposed to close this in prayer, so uh, bow your heads, please. Dear God, thank you for allowing all of us to be here on this now sunny Mother's Day, and I thank you for all the mothers in the world that are so caring, just like you, and they 
are so amazing because they know what problems we go through and they help us. Like these guys said, they stop what they're doing and they help us with our needs. And that's something I think we can all work on. I pray that we would all take away something from this sermon and really apply it to our lives in the week and that whatever we may have to do, we would remember it and that we would all have a safe, wonderful week and be back here next Sunday again. Amen.